for you. And so head out to Junior Church if you desire that. I should announce that in your bulletin, there is, as today, as usual, a fill-in-the-blank. If you follow along in the sermon and you want to fill-in-the-blanks, that's in the bulletin. And sermon manuscripts are in the back of the, in the narthex as you walk out. If For those that you don't know, if you want to see something I said or read a quote, it may be in there. It likely is, though I always say a few things, including this opening illustration, that are not in the manuscript. On, we're going to be going, by the way, to Hebrews 6.10 as well as Isaiah 49. So if you follow along in your Bibles and you want to make your way to Isaiah 49, uh, verses 3 through 4, we'll be there here in just a moment. Isaiah chapter 49, verses 3 through 4. On an icy January morning in a 25-cent-a-night flophouse, a shell of a man who looked twice his age staggered to the wash basin and fell. The basin toppled and shattered. He was found lying in a heap, unclothed, and bleeding from a deep gash in his throat. His forehead was badly bruised, and he was, he was semi-conscious. A doctor used black sewing thread that somebody had found to suture the wound. All the while, the bum begged for a drink. A buddy shared the bottom of a rum bottle to calm his nerves. He was dumped in a paddy wagon and dropped off at a Bellevue hospital where he would languish, unable to eat for three days, and die. Still unknown. A friend seeking him was directed to the local morgue. There among dozens of other colorless, nameless corpses with tags on their toes, he was identified. When they scraped together his belongings, they found a ragged, dirty coat with 38 cents in one pocket and a scrap of paper in the other. Enough coins for another night in the flophouse in five words. Dear friends and gentle hearts. Those five words were in his, pa- in his pocket. Dear friends and gentle hearts. Almost like the words of a song. Why would a forgotten drunk carry around a line of lyrics? Maybe that derelict with the body of a bum still had the heart of a genius. For once upon a time, long before his tragic death at the age of 37, 37, Stephen Foster had written songs that literally made the whole world sing, such as Camptown Races and Oh Susanna. Camptown Races and Oh Susanna were written by this man who died at the age of 37, drunk and forgotten. I read that. It comes from a book by Chuck Swindoll titled, Good Morning, Lord, Can We Talk? And he continues, there are many forgotten lives on the earth. Some are in prison, some are in hospitals, some are in nursing homes, and some silently slip into church on Sunday morning, terribly confused and afraid, until someone steps in and, in love, rebuilds a life, restores a soul, rekindles a flame that sin snuffed out, and renews a song that once was there. Hebrews 13.3 says, remember those in prison, as if you were there yourself. Remember also those being mistreated, as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. 
Chuck Swindoll says, can you put yourself into the pain of those who suffer? Can you pause long enough to show the love of Christ to them? Sometimes in life, we might feel like we're not making a difference, like our life doesn't matter. I wonder if Stephen Foster felt that way as he slipped back into a drinking habit, if he felt like his life wasn't making a difference. But I don't know about you, but I was raised learning some of his fun summer songs, and we know that his life did make a difference. Today being Memorial Day was established after the Civil War. All these men served in the war between the states. All these families sacrificed, and the husband was gone, the father was gone, families were torn apart. What was it like being a soldier? What was it like giving the highest price? For some, Memorial Day has little meaning other than the running of the Indianapolis 500. I think that's today. I don't, I'm getting some nods. I don't usually watch it. Yet the origin of the day began with remembering the dead in the War of Northern Aggression. The women of Pennsylvania who decorated Union graves in August of 1864. The women of Virginia who decorated Confederate graves in April of 1865. And the women of Columbus, Missouri who decorated the graves of both Union and Confederate dead prompting Horace Greeley's editorial and the subsequent events which called for national observance of such memorials. This day reminds us of all our war dead, hence that freedom has a cost. I am grateful to all of our military men and women who sacrificed for our country. And I am grateful to all the military who paid the highest price. Tony Evans helps remind us of this sacrifice. He writes, during difficult days of war, regardless of one's particular persuasion, everyone owes a mighty debt of gratitude to the men and women of the armed forces of the United States of America who serve and who risk their lives for freedom. Many people not long ago were touched by the story of a football player named Pat Tillman. Pat Tillman, who walked away from $3.9 million dollars offered to him to play in the NFL. He walked away from a lucrative career because he felt he had an obligation to serve. That choice cost him his life. Our service to God is one that will cost much, even our lives, but we should be willing to fulfill our obligation to serve him. Tony Tony Evans touches the connection between serving for a great need the United States of America and serving for the greatest need, the gospel as well. You know, I wonder if the soldiers who died for our country ever felt like they were what they were doing just didn't matter. And I wonder, coming down to us, do we ever feel like our life doesn't matter? I don't mean in a suicidal way or anything like that, that too, but do you ever feel like people don't notice what you do? Or worse, God doesn't notice what you do. For just a few minutes, I wish to impress on you what you do does matter. I'm in a sermon series, which we're taking a break from today for Memorial Day, but next week I will return to a series on Genesis chapters 1 through 11 about how those 
scriptures are foundational to our faith. But today I want to talk about how God remembers what we do. Sure, we are saved by grace through faith. Our salvation is not based off of anything you or I do. God does not need us, but he loves us and wants a relationship with us. And though we are saved by grace through faith, we don't earn our salvation. Though that is true, God does remember the good that we do. He's a loving God, and he remembers it. Isaiah 49, 3 through 4. Isaiah 49, 3 through 4. And he said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. This is God speaking. You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But, but the prophet Isaiah, or, or actually this is more about the suffering servant, speaks back and says, I have labored in vain, vain, worthlessly. I have spent my strength for nothing in, in, in vanity, yet surely... My right is with the Lord and my recompense with my God. So though the suffering servant here, which we'll come back to here in just a moment, feels like he has labored in vain, he has spent his life worthlessly, yet surely his right is with the Lord. His recompense with his payback with God. And God is speaking about him remembering what he's done. And then Hebrews 6.10, Hebrews in the New Testament towards the second half of the New Testament. Hebrews chapter six, verse 10 says, for God is not unjust. So as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. So an Old Testament promise and a New Testament promise. And we're gonna come back to that in here in just a moment. What you do does matter to the most important one. Whether you're a child here or a teenager or a young adult or a middle-aged adult or a senior adult as a parent or a grandparent or whatever it is, whoever you are, what you do does matter to the most important one. Sometimes we forget the sacrifices of our military men and women, of our military men and women, but God never forgets what you do, whether it's the military or people serving at home. Sometimes we forget the sacrifices that others make on our behalf, but God does not forget. In this passage, Isaiah 49, 3 through 4, God is speaking to Israel about the suffering servant. And ultimately, the suffering servant will be Jesus. Though I do think there's some overlap in the Old Testament where the suffering servant could also be Israel right there. So he's speaking to Israel, the suffering servant. And now the suffering servant passages go on through Isaiah 53, actually. Isaiah 53, a wonderful, amazing, prophetic passage about Jesus, really. Because Jesus fulfilled this as the ultimate suffering servant. And God is speaking to Israel. And one source says, the servant confesses his sense of failure due to Israel's poor response. Right? The suffering servant felt like a failure because Israel did not respond. In fact, some say the suffering servant could also be Isaiah. So maybe it's Isaiah, Israel, and ultimately Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, our Savior. And Israel did not respond. He felt like he was a failure. The best Old Testament book about failing like, uh, feeling like you are a failure, that's hard to say, feeling like you're a failure when you're not, is Jeremiah. Jeremiah, called the weeping prophet. Longest book of the Bible. In word count, Jeremiah is the longest book of the Bible. 
longer than the Psalms, because a lot of them are short, longer than Isaiah, longer than any other book, longest book of the Bible, Jeremiah. Um, Jeremiah. And he had one convert, Baruch, his scribe. But he was not a failure. God used Jeremiah in his own day as a prophet of the Lord, and God still uses Jeremiah's writings to this day as we are ministered to and spoken to through Jeremiah, and he likely wrote Lamentations as well. And in here in this suffering servant passage, Isaiah 49, 3-4, God is addressing the suffering servant who felt like Israel did not respond. He's a failure. The servant uh, does not turn from God, though, in cynical unbelief. He accepts emotional suffering and frustrating toil with confidence that God will reward him. God will reward him. God will reward him regardless of whether he's rewarded by emotionally feeling like he's making a difference. The servant of the Lord still trusts the Lord even though he feels like he is not making a difference. And this was written 700 years before Jesus. And then Jesus would fulfill this passage. And obviously his death and resurrection made a difference. I love John chapter 6, around verse 60, because in that passage, Jesus had been preaching, and he'd been preaching a hard truth, and all the people start to leave. Jesus looks at the disciples and says, you're going to leave too? Peter speaks up, says, no, we have nowhere else to go. You have the words of eternal life. Jesus would have been fired from any church today. He lost like 10,000 people. And maybe Jeremiah and Isaiah would too. And God is encouraging them. In this passage, Isaiah 49, 33 through 4, the suffering servant. No, Isaiah, Israel, continues to be encouraged by the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, the passage is emphasizing that God remembers what we do. This applies directly, directly to us in Hebrews 6, 10. This means that when we serve our children, it will be remembered for all eternity. We serve our grandchildren, it will be remembered for all eternity. We serve at a rescue mission or a pregnancy help center or a neighbor in need or a mission trip or, or when we just do our jobs faithfully. God remembers. I've seen and heard the saddest of stories of the disrespect of children and grandchildren. I know that I for sure had my days of being disrespectful to my parents, but really I'm talking about neglect. Neglect for when adult children are negligent of supporting and caring for their aging parents. Sometimes we labor day after day and we feel like our service isn't making a difference, whether for our children or grandchildren or for our parents or for someone else. But God remembers you. God remembers you and me. He remembers what we do. God remembers everything you have done and it matters. You, you may think those tireless nights don't really matter, but they do. God remembers. God does not forget. Mothers care about their children, their grandchildren, even their great-grandchildren. I've seen that so much in the church. No one cares like a mother. God remembers. God does not forget what you do. Fathers, since we're in between Mother's Day and Father's Day, fathers also labor day after day for their children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren. 
what you do does matter. It's the second night of Mercedes' life after being born. She was alive before she was born, but now she's breathing oxygen. And when she started breathing oxygen, I knew because she really screamed. And I never was much of a babysitter or anything before that. And I thought, is this baby going to stop? And uh, eventually she did. And she's still alive today. And so everything's worked out okay there. Um, When Abigail was born, she stopped right after. And she just laid under the heat lamp quite content. And I thought, oh, this is nice. This is different. Well, by the next day, her lungs got um, complimented as well. They both got complimented having really good lungs. And the second night, I believe that it, uh, it was probably caused by you know, um, probably some type of a lactose intolerance. But every time we laid Mercedes on her back, she would cry and she would scream and she just, and they would not allow you in this day and age, or at least in that day and age, to send the baby back to the hospital nursery, except if they're laying on their back. Eventually we got her to go to sleep on her back, but then she was kicked out of the hospital nursery and they brought her, brought her back. And so we kind of had to stay awake watching her all night long on her side because you're not supposed to sleep with the baby on their back. And I realized at that point Sleep is never going to be the same again. (laughs) And to this day, sleep is not the same again. And I would bargain that I could ask many of you who are grandparents and great-grandparents, and you would say the same thing. Sleep is not the same because you always care for your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and your family. Many of you labor, serving, and God remembers your service. Many of you labor serving the church. Thank you. What you do does matter, and God remembers. God remembers. And as I started with, let me circle back to it. God remembers our veterans, those that fought and served for our country, whether you fought and died for our country, and in that case, I'm not talking to you right now because that would be weird, uh, or whether you uh, fought for our country, as many of you are veterans, and you feel like nobody notices your sacrifice this day and age. God remembers God remembers, God notices, and what you do, it does matter. Maybe you're a caregiver. Maybe it's for aging parents, maybe aging grandparents. Maybe it's for children that can't take care of themselves, even though they're adults, they can't. Or maybe, maybe it's for a neighbor or somebody. You're a caregiver. What you do does matter. Maybe they can't tell you thank you. Maybe they can't speak. Maybe they can't talk anymore. Maybe there's dementia there, and they don't even remember you. How sad it is, dementia, Alzheimer's, when the parents and grandparents can't remember their children anymore. But God remembers what you go through. God notices what you go through. You are making a difference. If you feel like you're not making a difference, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10 emphasizes that God remembers. Isaiah 49, 3 through 4, I think we can kind of indirectly take that application to a suffering servant and apply it. God remembers. And just like the suffering servant, just like Isaiah, just like Jesus could go back and say, they know that they'll get their reward with God. So can we, so can you. It's so powerful. God will not forget the good that you do. Look with me at Hebrews 6.10 more specifically. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. God remembers. 
He is not unjust. Sometimes we do get thanks on this earth, don't we? Sometimes, sometimes people notice in this lifetime, sometimes not. Sometimes it comes much, much, much later. I read this story. Robert Robinson, author of the hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. I love that hymn. It's one of my favorite hymns. Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. But Robert Robinson, the author of that beautiful hymn, lost the happy communion with the Savior. He lost the happy communion with the Savior that he had once enjoyed. And in his declining years, he wandered into the byways of sin. He wandered away from from his Savior. He wrote this wonderful hymn that we still sing today. But he wandered away from the Lord himself. As a result, he became deeply troubled in his spirit. Hoping to relieve his mind, he decided to travel. In the course of his journeys, he became acquainted with a young woman on spiritual matters. But remember, he's acquainted with this young woman on spiritual matters, but he had wandered away from the Lord himself. And she asked him what he thought of a hymn she had just been reading. She had asked him about this hymn. To his astonishment, he found it to be none other than his own composition. He tried to evade her question, but she continued to press him for a response. He had wandered from the faith. After writing a beautiful hymn, Come Thou Found, he had wandered from the faith. And now years later, as he's traveling, a woman asks him about the very hymn that he had wrote. Coincidence? I don't think so. Suddenly he began to weep. With tears streaming down his cheeks, he said, I'm the man who wrote that hymn many years ago. I'd give anything to experience again the joy I knew then. Although greatly surprised, she reassured him that the streams of mercy mentioned in his song will, will still flowed. Mr. Robinson was deeply touched, turning his wandering heart to the Lord. He was restored to full fellowship. He was one who probably for many, many years did not know how he was making a difference. And then in his declining years, the Lord reminded him that he was making a difference, that what he did does matter. Sometimes that'll happen with us. Sometimes we have to wait to heaven. But God notices. God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. It would be, this is saying, it would be unjust of God to overlook the good work that you do. But God is not unjust to overlook the good work you do. Is serving the saints. I believe we could strongly apply that to serving your children, your grandchildren, your neighbor, a caregiver, your parents, your students, if if you're a teacher, your co-workers. So if you're serving the Lord and the enemy is telling you it doesn't matter, remember James 4, 4 to 8. It says, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble and looks to listen to verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Draw near to God. When the devil's reminding you that what you do doesn't make a difference, draw near to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you.
Draw near to God. Go to scriptures like Hebrews 6.10, Isaiah 49.3-4. Remember the example of Jeremiah, who had one convert, but God used him, and he was a major prophet of the Lord. Submit to God, rebuke the devil. Certainly sometimes it is our own nature telling us we are not making a difference, but that's not true. What we do does matter. Raindrops become puddles. Puddles become streams. Streams become rivers. Rivers become oceans. And that is the way the good things we do pile on to the good things that others do. That makes a difference. God remembers the good that you do. For the parents and the grandparents, I wrote the following. Do you ever feel like what you do doesn't matter? God remembers. Remember the sleepless nights? God does. And I bargain that's true regardless of how old your kids are. Remember changing diapers? God does. Remember midnight feedings? God does. Remember doctor's appointments? God does. Remember working hard at home and at work to pay the bills for your children? God does. Remember rocking him or her to sleep when you just wanted to go to sleep? God does. Remember the good times and the hard times? God does. Remember driving them to practice, orchestra, ballet, dance, work, school, and still having a dozen other things to do? God does. Remember crying over poor decisions your teenager was making? God does. He remembers what you do, and it matters. Remember anxiety, your worry, your prayers? God does. Remember parent-teacher conferences? God does. Remember weighing the decisions about discipline? God does. Remember buckling them into the car, making meals, washing clothes, choosing preschools in colleges? God does. For some of you, remember going through all of this all over again for grandchildren or supporting your children with the grandchildren. God does. God remembers. For the employees, when you have integrity, God notices. When you do the right thing, God notices. When you work hard, showing up on time, doing the job the right way, God remembers. When you are passed for a promotion, even though you deserve it, God notices. God does not forget the good that we are doing. When you give your best to God, your best at work, your best at home, your best in the community, God notices. He remembers. There's a saying, no good deed goes unpunished. That may or may not be true in this world, but it is not true in heaven. God remembers the good that you do. God remembers what you do does matter. You're making more of a difference here than you know. And God remembers what you're doing as well. There's a movie, Hacksaw Ridge. It's made by Mel Gibson about a World War II veteran, a World War II man who would not carry a gun. Desmond Doss. Desmond Doss would not carry a gun because of his faith background. He believed he did not want to have to take a life, so he wanted to sign up as a medic. And as he went through boot camp, they gave him a very hard time about not carrying a gun. And he had hardship with superior officers. This is World War II, remember, and with uh, others in boot camp with him. But he maintained his ground. They tried to get him to go out. To not, to not enlist, to not go in the military. His dad, a World War I veteran, actually came in to try to help them uh, accept him. And they did eventually accept him, and he goes in to the war. And 
goes into the Pacific in a point which I think it was the Battle of Okinawa, which they called Hacksaw Ridge. As a medic, he saved 50 to 100 lives as a medic, going right back into the line of fire, saving our men, as well as even helping care for Japanese wounded as well. And what he did made a difference. And God remembered, God took notice. Let's pray. Dearly Father, we thank you so much that you remember what we do. Though we are saved by grace through faith, a free gift of salvation, because we cannot earn our salvation, you freely bestow it upon us. You freely take care of our spiritual need that we could not take care of on our own. But you still call us to good works and you remember the good works that we do. Thank you, Lord God, for this wonderful passage in Hebrews chapter six, verse 10. Thank you for this wonderful passage in Isaiah 49, three through four. Thank you for the other passages that I did not read, uh, Hebrews eleven thirteen and 27 and 39 and, and other passages. Thank you for the example of Jeremiah, who was a weeping prophet, who did suffer so much hardship, feeling like he was not being heard. Or even Ezekiel. But they made a difference. You remember the good we do. Thank you. Lord God, the greatest decision we have to make, though, is turning to you, surrendering to you as Lord and Savior. And Lord God, as I close this prayer, if anyone here today has not surrendered to you as Savior and Lord, may today be the day where they commit their life to you as Lord and Savior. Lord God, I pray that you would encourage our congregation as we depart today. Thank you again for the men and women who wear the uniform and have worn the uniform. Thank you for the families who have paid the highest price. Thank you. I pray for your care upon them and your help upon our country. The greatest need of all is that our country, meaning the people within our country, turn back to you as Lord and Savior. In every day, Lord God, as I hear the news articles, it's a reminder, you are the answer. You are the hope of the world. Turn people back to you and use us to have spiritual conversations and encourage us. It's in Christ's name I pray, amen. If God has laid anything in your heart and you wanna come forward and pray, the altars are open and elders up here as well as Timothy Burns, they'd be glad to pray with you as well as we close our service. Stand with us.